Hello and welcome to You Plus Me Equals RP, a podcast dedicated to all those talented writers and RPers out there. Every week, I'll scour the internet and bring to you some of the very best storylines from roleplay groups out there who are in need of sharing, or even profiles that are in need of filling. From written roleplay, tabletop, and even LARPing, maybe you need some entertainment. Well, I, Helen Kirsch, will be here to help you with that. In episode one, I touched base on my past a bit with role-playing on MySpace. I talked a little bit about some drama that happened back when I was role-playing Lorna Dane. When I first started role-playing her, I met a wonderful group of people that ranged from Nightcrawler to Wolverine. Um, I, I even have a really, really good friend who I just reconnected with over from about 10 years ago who played a Tony Stark. My ex-boyfriend played Jamie Madrix when I met him, which was kind of a weak spot character for me. I go into the details as to why, but it would be a while before any of it would make sense. Long story short, we started talking out of character, or OOC. One of the reasons I wanted to tell this story is because it is kind of a cautionary one. I liked him. He was funny, interesting, you know, a little bit of a mess, but eh, he still seemed like a really nice guy. So eventually he moved to California to be with me and he wasn't what I thought. Turns out he was a very different person, but he had an entire other personality that he was portraying online. When I found out he was other characters and had an other ongoing relationships with another girl, uh, she and I eventually came together over it and discovered it, but she was still heartbroken. Uh, looking back, I would have saved myself years of stress, pain, and heartache if I had just sent him packing. Um, but, you know, I felt bad about it. Anyway, many people rallied around the other girl against him, thinking that I was somehow involved. Um, they targeted my profiles and his, reporting them, essentially getting them deleted. Uh, they did this to everyone who was in our circle, even innocent people who had profiles that weren't him or that may not have been him. I, looking back, I don't even know if they were him or not. But from what I felt about those people, it was someone else. I've heard this kind of thing happening in roleplay across many different angles. Not necessarily this exact thing, but I know someone who fell hard through RP. The person even left their significant other for this other role player. They thought this person was the person that they were supposed to be with, um, but it did turn out that it was all a lie. That person ended up heartbroken and crushed. So moral of the story, be careful of who you meet in RP. Uh, now I do have an addendum to that. So I've, I've met some great people that I've been friends with for over 10 years. These people have been amazing and I still come across them in RP without even knowing it's them all the time. I have them on my Facebook and I text them, but they are my friends. You have to be careful of who you meet and who you share personal information with, especially if you might upright your entire life for someone. Even if it might feel right, it might be completely wrong. So sorry to start this next section on such a negative note, but I wanted to be educational and personal experience is the best lesson. A little bit about role play in general. There are a lot of things that role players use to talk about their characters or in chat with each other. I'm going to start this with something from my own rules. I post these on almost all my profiles to share with other role players my preferences. These are not the same across the board. Um, commonality is relative. Um, these are just generally some rules that other role players do abide by as well. So these are my rules. Um, other role players have their own set of rules. And I do recommend that when you add someone to 
role play with, make sure you check out the rules first before you start talking to them because you might want to get an idea of what they are or who they are and what they like. Um, this week I'll just talk about the role playing portion of my rules and then I'll kind of go into the other portions in the next coming week or so. Uh, so role playing. Now my rule number one, I'm a multi-para novella RPer, which means I do tend to write long in-depth comments and responses. Please don't leave me a one line or a comment that doesn't make any sense. It almost feels like an insult. If you have a length preference, please let me know. I'm adaptable. We talked about this in episode one and two, so I won't bore you by going over it again. Rule number two, spelling and grammar are important. I don't expect every single comment and response to be, to be perfect. We all make mistakes, but please don't leave every word spelled incorrectly. Use Word. It corrects everything for you and you can run spell check. We talked about this in episode two. Rule number three, don't God mode. This is a universal rule for any and all worlds. No one is allowed to God mode. Please be responsible when we fight. So this is something that you might be familiar with in games, like actual video games. It may be a code that you put in to become invincible and indestructible or get all powers or whatever. When you're playing a video game, it might be fun, especially if you've already beaten it and you kind of just want to run through and destroy everything. It's great. But when you are role playing with an all powerful character, it's really unfun and it makes it hard to want to role play with someone who can't be hurt. You want to have a character be able to be kidnapped or you want a character who is a little bit powerless when it comes to a scenario. Not to say that you want somebody who is constantly in trouble, who's constantly a Daphne and being carried off and needs to be rescued all the time because that's not fun either. But you don't want somebody who can't be hurt. Rule number four, don't role play my character in comments. I won't make your character do something unless we agree beforehand in messages. So please don't take over my character and have her walk into a room. What if I wanted to crash through a window? You don't know what my character wants to do and I don't presume to know what your character wants to do. We also talked about this in episode two when it comes to using perspective, but it's very easy to do this when you are also writing in third person. All it takes is a single sentence to direct your character to the other one and have them do something. So for example, Liz moved forward through the crowd, blending in among the surging masses. Ahead, Maria stood with her back to Liz, only turning when she heard the familiar sound of Liz's call to her. Maybe Maria doesn't want to turn around when Liz called out to her. Maybe she wanted to walk away in the other direction. We don't assume that the other character wants to do anything. Number five, I won't be pressured into leaving starters. I don't have a problem with leaving starters for our people, but don't leave me a message or comment telling me to leave you something or you will delete me. Talk to me in a message. I'm sure we can come up with something exciting, but I don't like leaving just a generic starter to make people happy. So this can sometimes happen when an RP requests another. I honestly haven't seen this most recently, but I'm sure it's still around. Usually if you request someone, the other person might expect you to be the one to start the RP. I prefer to discuss the storyline with someone before leaving them anything because I like to know where our story is headed and will attempt to lead it there with actions. Number six, I will eagerly leave starters, but if I don't get a response and I'm ignored and you don't tell me why, then I will have to delete you. You can add me back if you want, but I'm not here for a number count. I usually give people one or two weeks to respond, but if you're RPing with all these other people and my comment ends up being pushed back three or four pages, feels pretty crappy and I'm not here to feel crappy. 
I can kind of be guilty of this sometimes and I feel really, really bad about it. It's only when I tend to become busy that I might forget to respond on a particular profile. I do tend to prioritize storylines though. It's easy to want to respond to a comment when you're excited to see the conclusion of it. It's just polite for people to give notice as to why a comment is being ignored for the moment. Explaining to the other person that the comment is being pushed aside for the moment because of real life or stress or maybe something else. It, it's just the polite thing to do. It's just rude to respond to everyone else's comment and not one person in particular. I usually wait to approve a comment until after I've responded to it. That way I don't forget who I've already done and who I haven't. And anyway, you find your own ways of kind of prioritizing comments and responses as you go along. Number seven, if you can't read minds, then don't answer my unspoken thoughts. I hate it when people respond to my thoughts as though I spoke them. Maybe you can anticipate my action by using my thoughts, but please don't automatically answer them or anticipate every single one. I, I really love this one uh, because this actually happens more often than people might realize. More often than not, it isn't intentional. In a starter or a comment, um, the person might be friendly and happy and a, a response might include a character thinking negative thoughts about the other person because that's what their character is. That's what they do. When the other person comes back that was originally happy and perky, they may actually tweak their response and may suddenly shift their tone so that it reacts to the person's thoughts or mental impressions without even realizing it. Um, if you're talking to a Damien Salvatore, for example, he's just generally a negative Nelly. So if you're happy and you're talking to him and he's just giving you like, okay, you know, his normal responses, but he's thinking negative thoughts about you, you want to maintain your character's happy, per perky responses. If you're Caroline, and you're talking to a Damon, be Caroline. Be happy, be perky, be sarcastic, be what like, like she normally is to Damon. Maintain that. Don't respond to his thoughts in, in negative ways, unless he says something negative to you, then by all means. Uh, again, this isn't, isn't allowed unless you're someone like Edward Cullen and you could read minds. Number eight, if I'm online and busy, assume I'm working on your response. If I'm talking to someone online through messages or just messing around in comments, it doesn't mean I'm ignoring your comment. It just means I'm working on it. Point up to the first rule. I write a lot, and although I'm usually very quick to respond to comments, some of them take more time than others. That said, don't send me messages or repeatedly posting the same comment, thinking I'll see it this time. Note, I do have multiple profiles, not just here, but also in other worlds. So keep in mind that I have a lot of other people to respond to in addition to your comment. Reposting the same comment over and over if a person hasn't responded to it is a little overboard. It normally takes people a little while to respond to a comment, especially if it's a long one. Patience while RPing is always needed to craft a good story. On the other hand, if you want something quick and spontaneous that might yield a quick response, you can probably find another RPer who enjoys a quick back and forth. That's where the semi-paras and the paras come in. They may just want to go back and forth real quick and create a quick storyline. Talk to them, but don't talk to a multi-para or novella RPer if you just want a quick storyline. You're going to have to wait a little bit for theirs. Number nine, please don't leave me a 15-part starter if only the last sentence pertains to me. I understand if you're setting up for something big and it eventually will pertain to me, but if you're spending a large amount of time describing a hole in the sidewalk or a crack in the sidewalk and not setting up the scenario of RP, consider if it needs to be said. 
I've really only come across this sort of thing once or twice in my years of RP. Uh, there are some amazing RPers out there, but there are times when that person may be a little overzealous in how they describe a table or the layout of a room. They get very Stephen King, I guess you can say, about certain things. And some RPers really appreciate a great description, um, but that may be all it is. Uh, there has to be something more behind it that drives the story forward besides just amazing description. Next week, I'll talk about a few other topics like these in terms of out-of-character conversations, relationships, defaults, and miscellaneous information. If you could think of any other things that I might have missed in my role-playing portion that you kind of include in your rules, uh, do let me know too. I wouldn't mind including them and uh, talking about a few other things that people might not know about. I'm very excited about this next section. I get to talk to you about one of my favorite groups on role-player. Just a quick disclaimer, this group does have action, drama, and general mature content and themes. I'm not responsible for anyone getting approved or denied by any group or profile if applied. It is strictly up to the owners and moderators of any groups presented. Dead by Sunrise has been around for a long time. The date of the group's creation can be traced all the way back to June 15th, 2011. That's a really long time for any group to be around. I was actually a part of this group for a bit, but I got so busy I wasn't able to participate in it as much as I would have liked to. Um, I had the character for almost a year, I think, before Ludley Rue asked if she could reopen the character. And they were really sweet about it, and they found a wonderful person to fill the role that I wasn't able to give the attention that the role needed. They have 12 current active roles, and they need 8 more characters filled in order to complete this group. And again, I am thinking about rejoining them, <laughs> not under my old character, obviously, because that one's filled, but under another character. Now that I have a bit more time on my hands, uh, you know, but anyway, I'm getting off topic. This group is driven by individual storylines as well as forum driven. There is a participation requirement as well. They do want at least three active connections within the first month of joining. And then you have to kind of maintain that throughout the entire time that you're a member of their group. Now, this group has an amazing set of writers who are both friendly and so supportive of each other. They've developed their own little family, but of course, they're always looking to adopt new RPers. They do have the first chapter of the group storyline ready to go, but they would like a few more roles filled in order to make it you know, really exciting. The first chapter revolves around the murder of the mayor's daughter and discovering who the killer is among the group. So you can kind of understand why they would rate the group as NC-17. You have to have the mature mindset um, to understand that there may be death and a little gore. So I'm kind of jumping ahead. So let me read the synopsis that Amazing Rue has sent me regarding their group. Long ago, a coven of witches and a pack of werewolves made a pact to end the war between their kind. Thousands on each side were turned to dust for a war that was stretching across centuries. It was time for it to come to an end. The witches conjured a spell to bring peace to their lands and aid the wolves. The spell, encapsulated inside of a moonstone, used up most of the magic. Consequently, the witches of future generations would not be at their full strength. It also limited the werewolves' strength and took their ability to change at will, meaning that they could only transform during a full moon. Only the wearer of this moonstone would be able to access its power and have control of the beasts and witches around them or return their powers. In order to keep it out of the hands of others, 
the wolf Alpha and Supreme Witch hid the moonstone in a place where it could never be found and placed into the wrong hands. But history is bound to repeat itself. Newcastle, Delaware, a once quiet and small historic town believed to only be inhabited by humans, now has its secrets spilling out of the shadows. Historically, the city has gone through a number of changes, including its name and ruler, but now it's running through its toughest and most unique change, the rise of supernatural beings. This small town in Delaware is becoming the center of it all. The town has a particular mystical energy about it, brought on by a hidden ancient relic that seems to lure humans and monsters alike to its quiet streets. The residents of Newcastle are used to a simple life, moving through the day-to-day -day without much to worry about. What once was pure was now a hellmouth slowly becoming a place of sin and beginning its descent into darkness. Enter Ambrosia Lancaster, a centuries-old dark witch who is calling Newcastle home. Not only does she seek her to reach her full power, but she also seeks the ancient relic that resides there. This piece of magical, mythical history can give her the ability to access all of her powers and more. Along with a coven of loyal followers, Ambrosia Lancaster disrupts the calm of the small town, bringing other beings out of the woodwork. Werewolves and shifters, who once lurked hidden in the shadows, are growing more confident in showing themselves. Many of the patrons and townsfolk who would have gladly moved away could no longer afford to. The suicide rate for the town had increased, and so had the crime even among humans. Ambrosia is bringing Newcastle to its knees under her reign, working her way to control every mind to do her bidding. With the help of her drug known as V, or Vapor, Ambrosia has planted a little bit of herself in each of its users, beast and human alike, bending their minds to her will to help her accomplish her goal. While some claim to be pure of heart, everyone has their vices. Even those that fight to protect the innocents have secrets hidden in their closet. A fight to take back their town is brewing. Some find alliances while others are making enemies. Whose side will you be on? Like I said, I I really love this group. And I'm like really excited to look into... Well, I already know what character I kind of want. So um, now the writing sample that she sent me is so great and amazingly written. And I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you all. Here is the sample that she sent me. Four o'clock in the morning was not the usual time to be receiving house calls. Any civilized person would wait until decent working hours. Seven in the morning at the earliest, if you were lucky. Who would have the gall to knock on someone's door at four in the morning? These thoughts, among many others, circled the mind of Mayor Philip Burke as he rolled himself out of bed. His wife was still sleeping soundly on her half of the bed. Grabbing his dark blue bathrobe from the hook on the door, he wrapped it around himself over his satin navy blue pajamas and exited his bedroom. His bare feet padded across the lush carpet of the second floor hallway before descending down the grand staircase of the mayor's mansion. It was one of the oldest buildings in this town and had the perfect character to be the mayor's residence. Crossing the foyer to the wide door, Mayor Philip Burke unlatched the various locks that were put into place before he and his wife had gone to bed. It wasn't until he looked up, about to turn the knob, that he noticed the flashing red and blue lights outside the white semi-transparent curtains that covered the windows on either side of the door. Making the effort to investigate what this was about, he pulled open the door to reveal two police officers. Their heads lifted when the door opened, and they made their best efforts to give him a pleasant smile. Good morning, Mayor Burke, the taller officer stated. We apologize for disturbing you at such an early hour. May we come in? 
The mayor opened his door a little wider to stand before them in the doorway. "'And what is it you're disturbing me for?' he asked, trying not to sound sour, but a little bit of that may have slipped out. He did not invite them in, not wanting to disturb his wife while she slept upstairs. The officer studied him with a somber tone before glancing at one another. The taller male officer spoke up first. "'I am Officer Rowe, and this is Officer Jensen.' Dispatch received a call about an hour ago from an anonymous person claiming to have found something in the woods while out for a jog. Officer Rowe pulled his phone out of his pocket and opened up a file for him to see. Do you recognize this person? he asked, turning his phone around to show him a picture. The picture was of a young woman, tan skin, dark hair, maybe early twenties. She was severely injured, almost beaten perhaps, maybe even mauled. Her dress was torn and tattered, skin slashed and bruised but it wasn't the image of a body that was terrifying. It was the eyes. The fact that the eyes were still open, staring off into nothing. Those lifeless eyes. He wanted to look away, but something told him to keep looking. Why would they come here and ask him about some random person found in the woods? It wasn't until Officer Rowe took a moment to zoom in on the swollen face that true horror struck him. Oh my God, Philip gasped as the realization hit him. Juliana! He hadn't recognized the clothes or the form of the body underneath, due to its disfiguration from the attack. But that face, those eyes, his wife's eyes, this was his daughter. His daughter was dead. Reaching out, he grasped the doorframe to hold himself up as the other hand covered his face. His body slumped forward, losing all of his composure as the mayor, the man in charge. He was now simply a father who had lost his only child. Tears stung his eyes as they began their slow build-up. My God, Juliana, he repeated, but only to himself. The officers shifted on their feet slightly, glancing into each other for a moment, uncomfortable to have to bring this kind of news to him. We are so very sorry for your loss, Mayor Burke. The second officer, Jensen, broke the silence. She stood solemnly with her dark hair pulled back into a tight bun at the base of her skull. Thoughts wound around his head even more now. How was he going to tell his wife about this? Was she murdered? Was this why she missed the party last night? Had he been so selfish and self-centered that he'd completely missed the fact that his own daughter was in danger? Philip Burke composed himself with a sniffle, wiping his eyes on his robe sleeve, and stood up again, exhaling a deep breath. He peered at the two officers with a shaky voice, asking, What happened to her? Well, if you want to know what happened to her, you're going to have to join these amazing group of writers. So you can log into roleplayer.me and join them at www.roleplayer.me slash 74968 or you can do slash dead dead underscore by by underscore sunrise s-u-n-r-i-s-e I'll also be repeating this information at the end of the episode for all of you guys who didn't have pen and paper ready so that you can write it all down and hopefully join them. The book arrived in the post, sent from a lawyer fulfilling the final wishes of a friend you had not seen in years. The text was written in a language you could not identify, much less read, but the hand-scribbled notes on the side of the pages were clear. A great horror was awakening, one so great that it led to the demise of our old friend. I'm a huge fan of Lovecraft and the worlds that he has constructed through his writings. 
I was even part of a really great RPG a few years back that was centered in this universe and I was feeling a little bit nostalgic. So I pulled out this game that I've played a few times in groups. It's called Cthulhu's Vault. I'm not sure how popular this game is or how much some of you may know about it, but it is a card game that can be played with three to six players. The reason I'm talking about this game today is because it actually uses cards to craft an entire story. So that first part I read to you was actually directly from the instructions of this game. It's a setup card, something that you might say when laying the first card down, especially if it was the book card. Each card that follows the first would be described in a similar way. So if the next card was the historian, you might say something like, it was the historian's reaction upon seeing the book we presented to her that caused us to feel uneasy with what we had in our possession. Although she smiled warmly and expressed her inability to assist, we knew there had to be more to what she was telling us. Okay, yes, I am reading it in the second person, but only because this would be a game that you would play with a group as a co-op. So you're supposed to be working together to craft this game. You're one large group and you're going into the scenario and you as the characters are trying to figure out what's going on and trying to solve this mystery. So each card that's played will grant tokens to the player that plays that card and it'll give them kind of little buffs and little bonuses. Dice are rolled. Um, eventually the entire story evolves out of playing these cards and after a few rounds, once a particular player earns enough of a particular token, they become one of the great old ones, and it becomes a battle of all the players against the player who is the old one. Um, that player doesn't choose which old one they are. Um, at the beginning of the game, everyone gets dealt a old one card that they have the potential to morph into or become. After the initial storyline that that kind of tells the story of where this old one comes from. The players all have player cards, uh, character cards, and these characters kind of have special abilities and fighting skills that may help defeat the player who is the old one. Now, keep in mind that the old one has extremely high life and abilities, and there are even some old ones that cause uh, can cause instant death to any player that rolls a certain number on the dice or if they do something in a particular order, that old one can do an instant death on that player. I think we've been beaten by the old one more times than we've actually beaten the old one, but it's it's been fun. It's fun because it's an amazing game to play with friends. It actually becomes kind of funny, especially like I think, I think on one turn I played and I I rolled I rolled something that caused my character to instantly die, and it was like my first turn, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just sit here and watch you guys, you know, do this, and I started helping the old one a little bit, and I was helping other people a little bit, and you know, it, it was it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it, and sometimes it's just fun to lay the cards down and kind of craft a story and do kind of something Lovecraftian called Cthulhu's Vault, and I definitely hope you guys check it out. Ophelia from Mystic Hollow shared this little gem with me the other day, and it's a really amazing group. They're LARPers in the same sense that they dress up in some of the most realistic and creative costumes for the Star Wars universe. But they're not technically LARPers because they don't actually go to locations to act out stories in large events. The 501st Legion at 501st.com is a charity organization that goes to hospitals and events to bring smiles to kids and people alike. They have a sibling organization as well called the Rebels that do the same. The mission statement says, 
quote, The Legion is an all-volunteer organization formed for the express purpose of bringing together costume enthusiasts under a collective identity within which to operate. The Legion seeks to promote interest in Star Wars through the building and wearing of original costumes and to facilitate the use of these costumes for Star Wars-related events, as well as contributions to the local community through costume charity work and volunteer work. To promote interest in Star Wars, while a growing number of people are experiencing a reawakening of their Star Wars fandom, new generations are seeking ways to celebrate their passion for George Lucas's modern mythology. The 501st Legion brings these fans together, reinforcing the enduring longevity of the Star Wars saga. To facilitate the use of costumes. Some fans are content to collect action figures. Other fans want to be action figures. Nothing professes your passion quite like the building of your own detailed costume replica of a Star Wars villain. And there's nothing quite like the feeling that comes from bringing the characters of Star Wars into the real world and sharing the magic with others. To contribute. While our organization was founded to simply provide a collective identity for costuming fans with similar interests, the 501st is proud to put its resources to good use through fundraising, charity work, and volunteering. End quote. I was looking at their website and they have some of the best pictures. There's actually one of a bunch of stormtroopers that are in a classroom and they're all in various scenes of a rowdy class. And my favorite is the guy standing in the back with his head in the corner like he's in timeout. And uh, it's amazing. And their sense of humor would bring a smile to anyone's face. They have links and information that provide assistance with making your own Star Wars costume for the Imperial Army. Whether you're interested in becoming a stormtrooper, a Sith Lord, an officer, I mean, the list really goes on. I haven't even seen some of these costumes. So I'm going to be spending some time researching these branches, and I recommend you guys do the same. I was seeing if they had any active legions in my state, and they do. They actually have active groups all over the place, all over the world that you can join. If you're into Star Wars, it, it looks like it's a really great community that take it seriously enough that they volunteer and book events, but they're also open enough to accept new people and to have fun with what they do. I highly recommend you check out their website, 501st.com for the 501st Legion. They have a lot of resources for people, and if you're stuck inside, maybe it's a great time to start working on your costume. Um, it's true that fabric is, of course, scarce right now, but maybe you have an old costume or something that you might be able to use. I know I might be looking into this for myself for, you know, after everything improves and gets better, maybe some new groups to join. I actually got an amazing writing prompt this week. Uh, this one comes from Matthias Bell from Dead by Sunrise, roleplayer.me slash 1487550. I am posting this on the site for the Hall of Famers, for those of you who kind of want to read it and check it out or even add him. The link will be on my page. If you remember, the writing prompt was, a letter written many years ago unexpectedly arrives. The late afternoon was sunny, but the temperature was hanging around a comfortable 70 degrees. It had been the perfect afternoon for a jog around the track. Physical activity always helped to clear his head or collect his thoughts, whichever was the top priority at the time. Sewing his pace to a walk, he finished the final half of his last lap before making his way back towards the big house. The house belonged to his parents, and many ancestors before that. It had evolved over the years, growing larger as the pard got bigger. 
Now it could hardly contain the number of shapeshifters they had with them, and separate caverns had been built in the back of the property. It was a large pot of land, too. They were comfortably far enough away from town to keep their privacy, but not far away to not be involved. Many of the pard worked in town, including himself, the local fire department. His quiet steps hit the gravel driveway in front of the house, and he stopped to do a couple of stretches first. Sweat beaded against his skin, catching the soft breeze that came through the trees that surrounded their land. It was peaceful here, something that Matthias had always appreciated. Finishing his lunge stretch, he stood back up just as the front door opened. Robert Mart, their home handyman, and his future father-in-law stepped out of the house and came down the steps to stand in front of him. "'Something came for you, Matthias,' he said, almost breathless and holding something out to him. Matthias's brown hues had met his eyes before traveling down to his hand at the object he handed out to him. It was an envelope. Matthias gently took the envelope from him and flipped it over to read his name and address in the center of it. The stamp was recent, but there was no return address with the exception of some initials in the corner, W.B. and T.B. The envelope looked worn and had creases in it and a couple of stains, but was otherwise intact. It didn't appear that it had ever been opened once it had been sealed. Thank you, Robert, he said, before turning away from him. He wasn't sure what this was or who it was from, but he had a feeling it was something important and something he needed to open away from prying eyes. His feet had started moving before he really even noticed, having been so lost in his thoughts from the mystery envelope. Looking up, he realized his subconscious was leading him to a place that had become sort of a safe haven. It was a treehouse he and his girlfriend Cora had played in as kids and had since turned into their own little getaway for sweet, intimate moments between them. When they were smaller, it was just planks of wood positioned between two trees and a ladder up one tree and a rope hanging from sturdy branches of another. Up until about a month ago, those planks had started to deteriorate and collapse, the treehouse having been forgotten about. Once he had started realizing his latent feelings for Cora, he had worked with her father Robert to rebuild it and actually make it more superior than its predecessor. Now standing beneath the masterpiece, Matthias felt calmer, though his heart still raced with wonder about what this envelope contained. The treehouse now had walls, a pulley system to take items up and down. He still needed to put in glass windows, but for now, they were open to the wind and weather. Inside was a mattress with pillows and blankets some shelves, and a small table with two chairs. It was cramped, but it was still perfect in its own way. Tucking the letter into his pocket, Matthias ascended the ladder, pushing open the door within the floor, and climbed up. Cora wasn't here as she was at work in town at the diner, but he suddenly wished she were here with him. Closing the door behind him, he took out the envelope from his pocket and sat down on the mattress with a soft thump. He stared at it a little longer before finally taking a deep breath and flipping it over. Using his thumb, he tucked it under the folded paper and pulled apart the glue. Looking into the envelope, he found a piece of paper neatly folded to fit into it. Pulling it out, he unfolded it to reveal a letter. It hadn't been typed. Instead, it was written in a scratchy but readable script that felt familiar. Seeing a second paper, this was also handwritten, but in a much neater handwriting. This was too familiar. His eyes quickly scanned the text, knowing he'd go back to read it as soon as it went to the bottom of the pages. There at the bottom were the signatures of each of his parents. Both had long since been deceased, and he suddenly missed them immensely. Staring down at the papers in his hands, his eyes traveled back to the top of the first letter. He began reading. While he read the touching words of his father first, he felt a heavy weight in his heart and a tightness in his lungs. 
By the time he'd made it through half of the letter, he had stopped to wipe away the tears that stung his eyes, threatening to fall under the pages in his hands. He spoke of how proud he was of Matthias and his younger brother Caleb, his two strong boys able to keep the family name going as well as protecting the traditions and secrets of the pard from evil hands. Matthias knew what he meant, that he was the key to protecting the world from powerful hands who wished to take possession of the moonstone artifact that had been treated as a myth for so long. If only they knew of the danger that he could now face, and how truly helpless he really felt, even though he would keep fighting until he no longer could. Lowering the letters to his lap, he wiped his eyes again, unsure if he could bear to read the words of his mother. Raising his head, his gaze traveled around the small enclosure of the treehouse. He wished that Cora were here to be with him while he read these. She had been such a support to him during his parents' passing. Her parents were as well always helpful and supportive as he took on the role of leader of the pard and filling both of his parents' shoes. Taking a moment to gather his courage to read the next letter, Matthias pulled out his cell phone from his other pocket to send Cora a text message, asking her to come straight to the treehouse when she was off work. He didn't think he'd be able to see anyone for a while after reading these. Raising up the letters again, he tossed his phone onto the bed beside him, preparing himself to read his mother's words. He let out a deep breath and began reading. As her words filled his mind, he couldn't help but think that if only his parents had known about his brother Caleb, how their death had impacted him, and how he lost his sight of everything, turning into someone he no longer knew. Just thinking about that made the tears return, feeling helpless to protect his brother from the darkness of the world and wishing that he could have his parents there to help him through these dark and trying times. It was too much to bear alone. A chime from his phone broke his thoughts, and seeing the text from Cora reminded him that he was, in fact, not alone. So like I said, this is from Matthias Bell um, from Dead by Sunrise, one of their members. So you would, if you were to join their group, you could RP with him, probably, or you can contact him to make a connection. Roleplayer.me slash 148-7550. If you're interested in doing a writing prompt, the next writing prompt is... A character looks back on the things they've done. This one actually should be pretty easy for a lot of you and a lot of fun, I think. Um, I'm looking forward to reading one of yours and um, putting it up on the profile for other people to read and hopefully add. So send them in. If I get a few, I'll have people vote on them to see which ones I should read on here and share with everybody else. So deadline for these is going to be Wednesdays of every week. Now, are you ready for Dead by Sunrise's information? Grab a pen and paper, use your phone if you have to, but write it down. Roleplayer.me slash 74968 or me slash dead underscore by underscore sunrise. And check out my site on Roleplayer as well. Roleplayer.me slash one six zero four three zero two. I do have my friend Kenzie now, who is uh, well helping me answer messages and adding people and everything as well. So if you guys do go on there, do say hi to her. Uh, if you have a profile on there already, uh, great. Add me, send me messages. But if you want to send me a message or contact me, you do have to create a profile on there in order to add me because I do have it set to private. I do hope to get a website together soon so that um, all the writers on there uh, that I have on Twitter as well uh, can send me their writing so I can share with everybody what they're writing about and get 
get your word out there too. So I want everybody, all writers should share each other. So contact me. I love getting your letters and submissions. I do have some rules set up and a questionnaire on the page. If you would like me to talk about you on here, send me your stuff. I want to talk about other writers everywhere. Don't forget to check out and follow the page on Twitter and Facebook at UMERP or, you know, UMERP because why not? Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening, whether it's on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or on Google Play. Do subscribe. Um, if you guys can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash UMERP, help out. That would be wonderful. You know, if not, I understand. Anyone who does pitch in does get additional content. You'll get a shout out on here. I'd love to be able to do some additional giveaways, um, stuff for our peers, maybe doing monthly subscriptions for roleplayer.me as well, um, maybe even yearly subscriptions on there. Um, I'm trying to like get you guys interested and get the word out there. So please share, give us a five star review rating everywhere that you listen. It'd be so helpful. All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Stay creative, stay safe.